is Bloomberg Surveillance. Most American manufacturers who are dealing with a stronger currency and are losing market share in export trade will have no choice but to get better. You've got a labor market that's been remarkably strong for a long time and has continued to be remarkably strong. China, they are the largest economy on Earth, and what people aren't focusing on is that they're the only economy on Earth that's really growing at a decent pace right now. Bloomberg Surveillance, your link to the world of economics, finance, and investment on Bloomberg Radio. Good morning, everyone. Michael McKee and Tom Keen, Bloomberg Surveillance. Mr. McKee is off today. Peyton taking a trophy. McKee demanded to be off. As a diehard Denver Broncos fan, we say good morning to Michael McKee. No doubt not listening. We're glad you're listening worldwide. On Bloomberg Radio Plus, of course, across this nation, 99.1 FM in Washington, maybe the Redskins next year. Bloomberg 1200 in Boston. Tom Brady without a tie yesterday. The scandal. Brady booed by the 100, 200,000 people at the Super Bowl in San Francisco. What a wonderful show you put on, not only in San Francisco, but in Santa Clara as, as well. Good morning, 960, the Bay Area, and, of course, here in New York, Bloomberg 11, uh, Rio, uh, and all across uh, this nation. Uh, we say uh, good morning. The market's negative 22 on futures. It was good. And then there's sort of, I, I'm going to say that there's sort of a tone <clears throat> of fragility in Europe, and I will put it over even to non-full faith and credit uh, debt. Peripheral spreads wider. Lots of talk about European banking. And there's just sort of a soup this morning uh, as we look at the challenges, uh, maybe led by Europe. We'll see how that migrates in the next uh, one hour uh, as well. Bloomberg Surveillance this morning brought to you by Invesco. Investing isn't about <coughs> meeting benchmarks. It's about achieving goals. Find out how Invesco's high-conviction approach can help. Visit Invesco.com slash high-conviction. Yields in two basis points in the 10-year, 1.82%. West Texas making a dash for a 29 handle. That's important. Oil is migrating three days, four days in a row uh, lower. We're right at intraday lows. 30.04 was the intraday. That was 12 minutes ago. Uh, and we'll see uh, from there. Yen is another piece of uh, the global litmus paper, 116.61. Stronger yen, a lower number is a stronger yen versus the dollar. And, oh, maybe we uh, grind lower. We're not seeing that uh, right now. Uh, it is wonderful to have in New York Luigi Zingales. He has been an expert for us on Italian football. I don't know if he's an expert on American football. Maybe we'll find that out in the next uh, half hour, uh, but he is an expert on the culture and fabric of American. What's so wonderful about this is he's beyond Italian, holding court in Chicago at the Booth School, and he, I would suggest, sir, it gives you a different prism. What is this, your first time on radio? Get the mic next to you. No. There you go. But but what is it like being a, so Italian as you are, seriously, in Chicago? It gives you a different view, doesn't it? Uh, it, it does. I think it's uh, one of the few advantages of moving back and forth between uh, Europe and the United States. That when you're in Europe, you feel like an American, and when you're in in, uh, in the United States, you feel like a European. What? What? How do you filter going into New Hampshire tomorrow, Mr. Sanders and Mr. Trump? I mean, you you had who was the candidate in Italy that was, there's an uproar? His name, not Fabio. Who was it? Who was the candidate? Berlusconi or no, 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 Grillo? No. Gr- Grillo, I Beppe think. Grillo. Beppe, that's it. Beppe Grillo. Is there an equivalency there of Beppe Grillo to uh, Beppe Trump or Beppe Sanders? 
Um, actually, there is an equivalence in the sense that uh, uh, both Trump and Sanders uh, appeal to a rage in the American people, rage particularly directly yeah. to the fact that uh, uh, the large candidate, the important candidates are all financed by uh, big corporation or big vested interests, and uh, they're not really free in their sort of uh, political decisions. So I think that uh, uh, I was l- listening to a program, and one uh, young voter of uh, uh, Bernie Sanders said every time you hear Hillary Clinton, you won- wonder who has paid for it. I think that this is not just Hillary Clinton. This is the uh, view that most Americans have, have of the political system, which is not uh, too far off. And I think that uh, the big innovation of this uh, electoral cycle is that now you have two candidates, very different, but they seem to break the circle. Bernie Sanders able to raise all his money from uh, small donations and raise a lot of it and, may, and be competitive on this front. And Trump, of course, that uh, is uh, not really raising any money, but certainly not raising yeah, from big interest. The heart and soul here, if we go back to the various shades of Chicago economics, Frank Knight, no one's going to call an optimist. 1921, mm-hmm. classic book. He was an ornery professor. And then you had George Stigler and then on to Milton Friedman and Gary Becker, who we miss so much. And, and the rest, there's an optimistic assessment of the Chicago view of markets in American exceptionalism. Is it still there? I think that uh, is, uh, there is still a very strong and optimistic view of markets, and the concern is that uh, America is not as exceptional anymore in the sense that uh, traditionally where America was exceptional is that markets were working exceptionally well. And unfortunately, uh, they're working less and less well, and uh, they're more and more, in the sense, uh, uh, manipulated by political powers that are uh, uh, yeah. responsible or, or respond to vested interests that finance the electoral campaign. So the idea that uh, the political system is rigging the economic system, I think, is an idea that uh, is right. becoming pre- prevailing also in Chicago. Luigi Zingales uh, with his folks from Booth School of Chicago. I, I want to resell the book, folks. The Washington Post has an accessible and powerfully argued book. Here's what you need to know. It was my beach read of a couple of summers ago, A Capitalist for uh, the people recapturing the lost genius of American uh, prosperity. A capitalism for the people, Luigi Zingales, I can't convey enough how twisted the book is through uh, Professor Zingales' prism. Within that is, and we talked about this earlier, Robert Gordon saying technological progress had happened, it was lovely, it's over. And we know we have technological progress right now, but it's a technological progress of the few. How do we diffuse it to the rest of America? I disagree with the promise that the technological progress is uh, of the few. I think that uh, what we observe is that the benefit of this technological progress are not reflected enough uh, to the many. And part of it is that uh, markets are increasingly concentrated. I think that the real genius of uh, capitalism is competition. And we are forgetting this. And I think that uh, even in the United States, there used to be a very competitive market. Concentration is up. And uh, the benefits of uh, innovation are not uh, diffusing enough uh, to everybody. 
Where Give us an update on investment. I remember Boeing of Seattle moving to Chicago, and it was a big deal. And there's just a different view. I mean, we're in a manufacturing recession, according to many, or at least a growth recession in manufacturing. What's the state of investment? Or as Vice Chairman Fisher says, there's just a lot of uncertainty out there. I think that uh, there is indeed a a lot of uncertainty, uh, but I think that uh, uh, my my hope uh, are that uh, with the increase in wage that we are observing, I think that uh, internal demand will go up and uh, investment will go up as well. How can internal demand go up if we have oversupply? I mean, you know, between demand dynamics, which is where everybody focuses, including uh, too many quote-unquote Keynesians, versus supply dynamics, isn't there a lot of supply out there? Uh, there is a lot of supply, but uh, if uh, wages grow, there will be also a lot of demand. I think that uh, uh, there are a lot of poor people who don't uh, have access to resources and will demand much more if they just had the money. And I think that uh, uh, wage growth is the first uh, step in that direction. Do you see wage growth? Yes. You see it? I, I most we of saw my it in general. Doesn't agree with you. We, we saw in general. Got a little now, better in the jobs report, fair. Yeah, and uh, I don't think we are going to see it continuing at the pa- pace of uh, uh, pace of uh, January because it was very strong. But I think yes, I will. I will see it continuing. Luigi Zingales uh, with us this hour. Let me do an extended data check to get your Monday um, started. What you need to know on oil is thirty point zero zero. That was two minutes ago. Thirty dollars exactly. We don't have a twenty nine handle, but uh, looking at the drift function of West Texas Intermediate. We are going to drift down to a 29 handle uh, here in any uh, second. Uh, To review, for those of you who stayed up to watch the Peyton Bowl, um, and we don't want to... John Tucker, I can't mention Coldplay during the entire three hours. (laughs) No? Okay, we're Coldplay free. Uh, But within that, futures negative 24. They were negative 5 when I walked in at the door. Real deterioration. Dow futures well under 16,000 to 201. The yields come in by two basis points. I don't want to overplay that, but there it is. And as Francine Lacroix mentioned earlier, some real damage across all of Europe. West Texas Intermediate trying to get to a 29 handle. Brent crude down 78 cents, 33 28 with gold up a snappy $19.1176 per ounce. That's something that's really, you know, getting out there to a 1,200 watch on gold. James Steele at HSBC really calling for gold to finally find a bid off demand dynamics uh, in Asia. Uh, James Steele is with HSBC. Euro dollar, 111.23. The yen, 116.55. The yen is stronger, but I wouldn't call it breakout strength this morning. And now to our news here in New York City. Here's Michael Barr. Tom, thank you very much. The front runner in the New Hampshire Republican primary is hoping that translates to a winning number of votes. Donald Trump says he doesn't need to win New Hampshire tomorrow, but would like to. Some rival Republican candidates, including Jeb Bush, say their campaigns will go on no matter what. On the Democratic side, Bernie Sanders leads in the polls against Hillary Clinton. Clinton and Sanders are avoiding any predictions. Some Broncos fans party too hard after Denver's Super Bowl victory over the Carolina Panthers in downtown streets in central Denver. Police reported some arrests. At least 22 migrants have drowned after a boat sank off the Turkish coast. Earlier, the bodies of 11 migrants were found near the Aegean Resort. 
bringing the death toll today to 33. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus from around the world. I'm Michael Barr. Tom? Michael, thanks so much. I haven't said this in ages. I'm going to say it right now. Peripherals in Europe are wider. There's no other way to put it delicately. Greece out by 47 basis points. What a throwback to two years ago. Bloomberg Surveillance. What you need to know about Italy, no, it's not Emirates to Milan or the cartel known as Italian Airlines to Rome. Luigi Zingales on his Italy. It's a fragile Italy. Stay with us. Bloomberg Surveillance. Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. This update's brought to you by National Realty. 30% returns on cash and rented real estate. Find them at NRIA.net. A group of investors agreeing to buy Apollo Education Group for $1.1 billion in cash and to take the company private. U.S. stock index futures, meanwhile, are falling, indicating the route that sent the NASDAQ composite to its lowest level since October 2014 will deepen. And we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P E-mini futures down 25 points. Dow E-mini futures down 204. NASDAQ E-mini futures down 84. The DAX in Germany is down 2.7%. Ten-year treasury up 532. The yield 1.81%. NYMEX crude oil down 2.3% or 72 cents at $30.17 a barrel. COMEX gold up 1.7% or $19.90 to 11.77.50 an ounce. The euro $1.1117. The yen 116.41. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom. Karen, uh, thanks so much. Louise is in Gallus with us making a visit to New York, and uh, we are always. Advantage when he does that. His book, A Capitalism for the People, is one of my favorites. He has many books out. Look at that at Amazon. But A Capitalism for the People um, is an important book. Are we getting that in the campaign? Are, are we getting a discussion of how business dovetails in for the people, or is it all hot air? No, I think that uh, we have a, a serious debate. In fact, I think I wrote the book uh, four years too early because I think that uh, – I wrote it just before the previous presidential cycles and nobody was discussing these issues. And, and now everybody is discussing these issues, both, uh, both the right and, and the left. Okay, so the issues there is going to stay with us or is it a feature of the primaries alone? I think it's going to stay there. I think that uh, we see uh, how much uh, uh, demand there is uh, for an independent candidate on both sides of the political spectrum. I think that uh, if we look, basically 50% of the Republicans and 50% of, of the Democrats are unhappy with establishment candidates. So I think that uh, this is a sense of uh, um, revolt that is much broader than we've seen in the past, and I think it will uh, manifest itself also in the presidential election and after that. In the time we've got left, I've got to go over to your Italy. I was shocked this morning at your comments on Italian banks. We have done terrific reporting at Bloomberg News um, on um, the smaller Italian banks. Tell me the state of Italian banks and what that means for the rest of Europe. So I will distinguish between the largest two banks, Intesa and Unicredit, that are European in every sense of the world, especially Unicredit. 
um, with the rest of the Italian banks. Uh, many of them are small. The governance of them is terrible. Um, they uh, specialize in lending to uh, the local economy, uh, very often friends and family. And uh, they've been, they are basically brought down by the perfect storm because uh, Italy has been uh, in more or less in a recession for the last seven years. So every bank will find, every banking system will find it difficult to survive to that. How but, do they clear? That's what I don't get. I mean, if we look at Hayek or Frank Knight, you know, the Chicago view, markets clear. How does European banking and particularly non-headline mm -hmm. European banking clear? I think that they need to raise more capital. I think that the Renzi reform of uh, the, the popular banks uh, helps in that direction. Uh, I'm not so sure that uh, they will be able to raise enough capital to, to proceed. Um, I think that uh, there might be some uh, uh, need for an Italian version of TARP. An Italian version of TARP, a European version? I mean, with what we see this morning, futures negative 25, yields in the German two-year negative 0.51%. And, you know, as the negative rates get more negative, we've heard from each guest that has profound influence. I think that uh, the banking situation is different from country to country. I think Portugal sure. is the, the most similar to Italy because they did not went through a recapitalization. And we have seen in December when they, they had some form of bail-in, selected bail-in of bonds that was a, a disaster from a sort of a public relation point of view and, and from sp spreading the fear in the entire European system. It's just, you don't know who is brought in, who is brought out, uh, or bail-in and bail-out. I think that that's, that's a very high level of uncertainty. Um, I think that uh, in, in France, banks are uh, too lightly capitalized. You need more capitalization. I think well, Spain is doing better. Where's the cash call in Europe? I mean, we just assume in America, if any bank of any ability wants cash, they literally do a syndicate, just to use a broad phrase. They make six or seven phone calls to major institutions, and the deal gets done. Do you have that same belief in European banking? I don't. I think that uh, part of it is the lack of will. Uh, in, uh, in the United States, uh, banks raise a lot of money when the alternative was either I put you so, so, uh, some top money or you keep the top money with very strong conditions or you raise money on your own. And surprise, surprise, the banks did raise money. And uh, in Europe, they've never been put in front of uh, this uh, tough choice. And if they were to be put, I think the vast majority will find uh, the money and the small minority will be sort of uh, helped mm. by, by an influx of government money. Uh, <coughs> one final question. Let's go back to you know, what you're famous for, which is rekindling American spirit. Can government help us find a new American spirit? I think that uh, there should be, number one, a campaign finance reform. Without that, I think that it would be very difficult to, uh, for any government to find uh, a, a new spirit. And, and after that, we can start discussing about what are the role of the government and where the government should get out. But there was a very beautiful article in the New York Times a couple of days ago about the conservative case for campaign finance reform. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was saying that... Uh, if you have a big campaign donors, you're going to have big government 
and you're going to have a corrupt government that uh, favors right. one versus the other. So I don't think you can change the system if you don't change the campaign okay. financing. Luigi, you've got to leave. Futures are deteriorating because you're, to- you're talking the markets down. So you've got you to you leave. Luigi Zingales with his folks from Chicago. His book, A Capitalism for the People, I can't convey uh, how illuminating it is, particularly uh, for the younger uh, crew. Futures negative 28, now negative uh, 27. Dow futures at negative 212. Ten-year yield to four digits. I just had a 180 handle, 181.16. West Texas, we don't get to a 29 handle. Let me double-check that here right now. Um, West Texas Intermediate, the low for the day, 30.00. Stay with us. Bloomberg Surveillance. Bloomberg Surveillance brought to you by Sector Spider ETS. Why buy a single stock? When you can invest in the entire sector, visit SectorSBDRS.com or call 1-866-SECTOR-ETF. Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991. To Boston, Bloomberg 1200. To San Francisco, Bloomberg 960. To the country, Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. Good morning, 7.30 on Wall Street. I'm John Tucker. We're two hours away from the opening bell. Let's get you updated on the news you need to know Another down day for the markets. U.S. futures lower following last week's 3% decline for the S&P 500. European stocks are down for a sixth a day. The cost of protecting European banks and insurers' senior debt is on the worst run since March of 2013. And yields on Germany's 10-year bonds are the lowest since April. And oil is lower for a third day. We have Brent crude right now down 57 cents a barrel at 33.48, and NYMEX crude down 80 cents a barrel at 30 dollars eight cents a barrel. 7:31 on Wall Street, and let's get an update on news from around the world. We say good morning to Michael Barr. Good morning, John. Presidential candidates are making their final push before tomorrow's New Hampshire primary. Democrat Bernie Sanders leads rival Hillary Clinton in polls in the state. For the Republicans, Donald Trump continues to lead in polls. Meanwhile, New Jersey Governor Chris Christie was asked about the qualities he would look for in a Supreme Court justice. During a town hall in Hampton, New Hampshire last night, Governor Christie said Justice Samuel Alito is a good example of the type he'd appoint to the court. If you want to know what kind of justices I would appoint, read Samuel Alito's opinions, look at his history. That's the kind of guy I would appoint, a quiet, consistent conservative. President Obama says he's not surprised that North Korea launched a long-range rocket over the weekend. It comes as the U.N. Security Council condemned the rocket test. German Chancellor Angela Merkel and Turkey's Prime Minister have held more talks on reducing the influx of migrants to Europe. Turkey faces pressure from the EU to open its border to up to 35,000 Syrians fleeing an onslaught by government forces. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus from around the world. I'm Michael Barr. John? Uh, thanks, Michael. 732 uh, Wall Street. Now with the Bloomberg NBC Sports Update. John Stashower, there was a game yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Super Bowl 50, a little strange Super Bowl because the Denver Broncos only had 11 first downs, only 194 yards of offense, one for 14 on third down. But their defense, sensational, forcing four Carolina turnovers. Broncos had seven sacks, held down the high-scoring Panthers, who were the number one NFL's offensive team. 
Broncos win Super Bowl 50, 24 to 10. Von Miller named MVP all over the field. He forced the two key fumbles of the game, the one that resulted in the Denver touchdown and the one that sealed the win at the end. Peyton Manning, modest numbers, a couple of turnovers himself, but a Super Bowl champion for the second time. And as expected, Manning shied away from questions over whether this was his final game. But if it was, he finishes with exactly 200 victories. At the Garden, Nuggets beat the Knicks 101 to 96. That's five straight losses for New York. Nine of the last ten. Carmelo Anthony missed a late three that would have tied the game. At the Barclays Center, all Islanders eight to one over Edmonton. Hideki Matsuyama won the Phoenix Open in the playoff with Ricky Fowler. With the Bloomberg NBC Sports Update, I'm John Stashauer. All right, thanks, uh, John. Ahead of the market open on Wall Street, we have uh, futures. They are lower across the board. S&P futures down 24 points. That's down 1.3%. The NASDAQ at futures, they're down 85 right now. That's down 2.1%. The Dow futures down 193, 1.2% lower. This as Europe was also declining. The FTSE in London down 1.9%. In Paris, the CAC down 2.4%, and the German DAX right now, 2.6% lower. You're listening to Bloomberg Surveillance on Bloomberg Radio. And Bloomberg Surveillance continues with uh, Tom Keene. Michael McKee taking the day off today. Time now for the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. It's being brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology, New Jersey Institute of Technology partnering with government and industry to apply the university's world-class research assets to innovate and spur economic growth. Learn more at njit.edu. Hackers used malware to penetrate the defenses of a Russian regional bank and move the ruble-dollar rate more than 15% in minutes. This is according to a Moscow-based cybersecurity firm hired to investigate the attack. Russian-language hackers deployed a virus known as Corco-Trojan to infect Kazan-based Ergo Bank and place more than $500 million in orders at non-market rates in February of uh, 2015. This is according to Group IB telling Bloomberg without identifying individuals behind that attack. A British fuel cell developer that was first to put the technology harnessing the power of hydrogen into London's distinctive black cab said it's working now on a system that would allow mobile phone users to charge just once a week. Intelligent Energy Holdings says an emerging smartphone maker will provide $7.6 million to develop a fuel cell small enough to be embedded in mobile phones. And that is this morning's Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Now back to, back to Bloomberg surveillance. Uh, Tom Keene, last I saw Michael McKee, his face was painted just, orange. Yeah, he had the orange down and the Park blue Avenue. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, if you haven't noticed, Mr. McKee is out, out, out. This was scheduled months ago when he knew the Broncos would <laughs> oh, go sure. all the way. Uh, but Mr. we say good morning to Michael McKee if he's listening. Uh, in support of his uh, Denver Broncos. We did uh, want to book Libby Cantrell of PIMCO, uh, but her people said she was not available <laughs> either. <laughs> Oil, 29.92, uh, breaking down below 30. Don't want to make too much of it, but nevertheless, it's south with a vengeance from 31 change down to 29.92 over the last three and a half hours. The U.S., a two-year yield in point uh, in two basis points, point six nine eight one. It is a very good time always from Credit Agricole 
to speak with Valentine Marinov, but particularly important this morning with a Euro tinge to things. Valentine, uh, good to catch up with you. How much of the angst this morning is Euro angst? Uh, well, I mean, it is the case that uh, uh, there is some part of it, but overall, uh, it is the case that the euro is uh, uh, certainly benefiting from the overall risk of movement yeah. in the market. So, so, if anything, the euro coming off uh, uh, there has to do with the ongoing migrant crisis we're having uh, in the EU uh, as a whole. And if anything, concerns that uh, the euro is very much in the line of fire for the ECB, right. so more may come from them before long. I don't want to get you in trouble with credit agricole legal. It's completely inappropriate for you to talk about the bank or even French banking. But but what is it, what we the theme all morning for us has been the fragility of clearing markets in Europe. Is that true that the lack of liquidity is there or the lack of trust or the lack of unable to find a bid on certain instruments? Is that there this morning? Uh, well, there is some part of that, and that explains also the underperformance of the banking uh, stocks. It is the case that uh, while the uh, measures of uh, banking liquidity strains, uh, like, like basis swaps, have been uh, correcting uh, higher, that is, the spread to the dollar uh, was uh, correcting uh, later in last year. Uh, that uh, renewed widening we are seeing at the start of the year could be an indication that there is some uh, demand for, 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 for cash, and indeed liquidity concerns are on the rise. I mean, the liquidity concerns are on the horizon, and the euro confounds the parity crew. What is your call now on euro and by that on dollar strength or weakness? Well, it uh, depends really on the horizon, but if anything, uh, we believe that so long as the divergence trade uh, remains in place, that is, uh, effectively, people believe that uh, the Fed will hike at some point uh, later this year, but at the same time, the ECB will continue to ease. That will continue to encourage demand uh, for euro funding, that is, uh, foreigners coming to the eurozone, borrowing yeah. in euros, and then selling euros and repaying uh, their already quite expensive uh, dollar debt. We saw that uh, happening last year, effectively, that total amount of issuance grew to 90 billion up from 60 billion in 2014 we expect that uh, demand to continue so and as investors continue to come to europe and indeed uh, borrow in euros sell the euros to and buy dollars the downside uh, pressure on euro dollars should remain uh, in place if anything the ecb will uh, continue to encourage uh, that uh, inflow uh, or demand for euro funding by cutting rates further potentially as soon as uh, march and potentially even further still later in the year and by adding uh, to its uh, existing uh, QE uh, program. At the same time, I think that uh, uh, the Fed is on course to hike rates uh, further. If anything, going into the, uh, uh, the Fed chair's testimony uh, on Wednesday, Thursday, I think that uh, uh, the chair Yellen will highlight the fact that uh, if anything, uh, while the Fed is watching, monitoring closely the tightening in the global financial conditions on the back of China and other concerns, it is the case that historic evidence has been that such bouts of uncertainty have only mm-hmm. temporary impact on the recovery. By implication, the Fed is in a wait-and-see mode, not necessarily yeah. abandoning uh, any hikes uh, completely. So against this background, I would expect that the euro-dollar negative right. flow to continue. So hence euro-dollar negative. And Valentin Marinov with us with Credit Agricole as we look to Europe particularly this morning. Let me do an extended data check. We look at equities, bonds, currencies, commodities, futures, negative 26, Dow futures, negative 209, under 16,000 to four digits to 10-year, 1.8064. The two years under a 0.7 to four digits, 0.6981. <clears throat> All you need to know, NYMEX threatening recent lows, 29.85, not record lows. 
but twenty nine eighty five down a dollar four on West Texas Brent does better thirty three twenty three down eighty three cents. Michael McKee is off in celebration of Peyton. We're here. It's Bloomberg Surveillance. Surveillance brought to you by your Mercedes-Benz Tri-State dealer. When it comes to winter elements, put your best four wheels forward with Mercedes-Benz Formatic All-Wheel Drive. Visit your Mercedes-Benz Tri-State dealer for a test drive today. Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. This update's brought to you by CBOE VIX Options and Futures. Volatility can be volatility can be harnessed with CBOE VIX Options and Futures. See disclosures or learn more at cboe.com slash powerful outcomes VIX. Vestria Group and other investors agreed to buy Apollo Education Group for $1.1 billion in cash and take the education company private. Apollo is up almost 27% in early trading. Hasbro posting fourth quarter profit that beat analyst estimates after demand for Star Wars and Jurassic World merchandise boosted sales. Futures this morning are falling. S&P E-mini futures are down about 30 points. Dow E-mini futures down 237. NASDAQ E-mini futures down 99. The DAX in Germany is down 2.9%. So is the CAC in Paris, while the FT100 is falling 2.2%. 10-year Treasury up 11.30 seconds. The yield 1.79%. Yield on the two-year, 0.68%. NYMEX crude oil dropping down 3.6% or $1.10, now at $29.79 a barrel. Comex Gold is up 2.2% or $25.30 to 1182.90 an ounce. The euro, $1.1124. The yen, 116.21. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom. Yeah, Karen, real market. Nice data check there. Karen Moscow with our data check and real market deterioration. Little things you see on the Bloomberg terminal, negative 29 on the the futures. Uh, West Texas is in ugly now, 29.71 down a dollar seventeen. Even Brent's beginning to catch up. Critically, the hydrocarbon currencies have yet to go weak. That's a key follow-on we haven't seen this morning. Looney and Ruble are still relatively strong, but ever so slightly. That could change literally in the next fifteen minutes. James Steele just publishes at HSBC. Mr. Steele reaffirms his long on gold, his optimism on gold, eleven eighty two the ounce. Adam Parker just publishes moments ago at Morgan Stanley. He reaffirms um, a log on financials. He is underweight energy uh, and says it is most difficult out there for long shorts. Uh, he would uh, uh, diminish gross exposure. That's a little bit of jargon talk there. Uh, but we say good morning to Global Wall Street. We do with Valentin Marinov with Credit Agricole. As we look at what foreign exchange says about the rest of the markets, is foreign exchange, Valentin, now about relative, relative real rates or is it about flows? Well, at the moment, at least, it seems that uh, investors are focusing a bit more on flows than uh, the rate story. It is the case that uh, what we experienced over the last uh, few weeks uh, was the unwinding of the so-called uh, divergence trade, uh, investors uh, punishing the dollar for outbending yeah. on more dovish Fed ahead. So I guess it will take uh, some time until the rate markets start leading the FX markets for now. We are in a correction phase, uh, which may have still further to go. But I would think that uh, Yellen's testimony on Wednesday, Thursday could indeed, uh, uh, effectively put an end to that final.
finally. So some more uh, really uh, renewed uh, impact from the rates market cannot be excluded yeah. before long. Yeah. What not will you listen for, but what does Chair Yellen not want to say? Well, obviously, she doesn't want to scare off uh, the market. She doesn't want to come across as uh, way too hawkish, actually turning a blind eye on what's happening, uh, what the markets to the signal, really, or deaf ear to the signal that the markets are uh, so vocally trying to send uh, to her, really, do not hike, do not hike, and so on. I guess uh, what Yellen uh, will also try uh, not to do is, at the same time, uh, to add to that uh, investor pessimism, but sounding way too cautious on the U.S. economy, a mistake, or indeed, uh, if you want to call it this way, uh, really, that she, she may. Uh, back in September, where her cautiousness actually added to the risk on, uh, to the risk off. So effectively, uh, what I would expect is a more balanced uh, language, whereby Yellen will signal confidence in the recovery, partly because of the only temporary impact from global yeah. risk off, and at the same time, however, uh, uh, underpinning uh, that really her desire to continue to normalize, uh, normalize rates uh, when when uh, that's uh, due. And uh, but all that said, obviously, the Fed clearly in wait and see mode and awaiting uh, a better time yeah. to really hike rates from here. One of our great interviews last week, Valentin, was Stephen Short, the oil guy from Philadelphia, was remarkably uh, smart on U.S. oil dynamics and then folding it in to the international scene. He ascribed oil strength to dollar weakness. Is the dollar weakness over, and must we look for dollar strength and oil relative weakness? Well, you could argue that uh, potentially if the dollar does rally, uh, yes, oil could weaken some more. But uh, I would argue that uh, uh, something that argues against that correlation really intensifying is the fact that oil has uh, so much more correlated with risk-correlated assets. Uh, in particular, obviously, Canadian dollar, uh, Norwegian crown, but also S&P and other risk-correlated assets. And I think that underpinning that correlation uh, is the fact that both oil and global risk assets are driven by global demand concerns as compared to supply concerns. That's one. And two, when oil is selling off, investors are fearing that sovereign wealth funds or indeed uh, yeah. central banks of oil producers <clears throat> are selling those assets. So by implication, if the dollar were to uh, strengthen from here, but at the same time, that's what's happening against the background of potentially brightening up global growth outlook or indeed uh, a, bit, a bit of a respite in the risk seller, okay. I would argue that actually oil could stabilize even as uh, the dollar uh, were to strengthen. Net-net, however, I would expect, however, that a strong dollar from here could indeed continue to undermine uh, oil prices for now. What are the sovereign wealth funds doing? This seems to be a huge mystery middle February. Uh, well, uh, my, my personal view uh, here, and uh, that's uh, on the back of uh, uh, meeting a few of them, is the fact that uh, whereas there is some uh, direct stock selling, their primary uh, really venue of uh, really liquidating reserves or indeed reducing reserves is by selling fixed income. What is happening at the same time, however, seems to be a rotation uh, now on the investor in the investor community out away from the uh, stocks or indeed risk correlated assets and towards the uh, safe haven fixed income uh, assets. So, even if anything, uh, when China or indeed Saudi Arabia are selling treasuries, there is already demand for those uh, securities as investors are indeed reducing their exposure to other assets that usually under normal conditions will benefit from growing inflation or indeed right. global recovery stocks, given that at the moment global demand concerns and disinflation are indeed uh, ruling uh, the market. I guess the attractiveness of fixed income remains in place, whereas stocks remain that uh, pressure valve, right, which is kind of a uh, uh, shows uh, how the markets feel uh, uh, at the moment or indeed 
indeed uh, their, their expectations about the global recovery. Do you have a trip point on yen? I mean, we talk about negative rates and the, the certitude, rather, that Bank of Japan can apply ever more negative rates. Do you have a yen level which signals that outcome? Uh, uh, well, another one, uh, I guess, could be obviously uh, 115 is not that far away uh, in terms of... Just a 115 uh, handle, 115.99. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I imagine that's uh, very close. I mean, the reason for that is uh, two, two, twofold. So it is really the revealed preference by the BOJ to keep uh, the yen from rallying uh, further. And two, uh, our uh, evidence is suggesting that the budget rate for Japanese uh, exporters in particular is very close to 115. So if indeed we were to breach that level or indeed remain under the level, that is risking a sustained downside pressure now on the back of uh, Japanese exporters buying of the Japanese yen. Importantly, given that the yen was trading well below their budget rate for so long, they are very under hedge. So if anything, the BOJ will not uh, risk uh, this happening. So I guess I would expect a more verbal intervention, potentially even negative uh, rate uh, to come, or more negative rate to come before long. All that said, I would also argue that uh, if you were to compare the BOJ with the ECB, uh, I think that the ECB has much greater leeway in terms of cutting rates further below zero than the BOJ. The BOJ is still facing the prospect of actually the banks at some point starting to uh, really pass on the costs from the penalty rate mm -hmm. onto their depositors. And whereas uh, if you look at, the, say, a breakdown of the financial assets of the Japanese versus the European households, the European households are holding about a third of their total financial assets as deposits, as cash. That gets penalized, if you wish, by the banks. In the case of Japan, that's still 60%. So uh, any study you would look at about the impact of lower rates, say, on the Eurozone, the U.S., or indeed Japan, would tell right. you that actually negative rates in Japan are negative for domestic growth just because of that negative wealth effect uh, that is effectively undermining the wealth of the, uh, all these depositors that are still very much uh, there. So if anything, I think Kuroda would okay. be uh, quite cautious, right? So, so we have to see uh, further reform measures to encourage depositors to spend those deposits, buy stocks, buy uh, properties before Kuroda were really to turn uh, to okay. uh, aggressive. So I think, if anything, if you ask me, I think next to uh, rates, I think the next right. step for the BOJ could be to expand uh, its asset purchases. Great. Thank you so much. Uh, Valentin Marinov, I mean, it's always good to speak to him, but particularly with Europe so dynamic today. Let me uh, frame here uh, the data check for you. It's become very interesting. I'll be honest. I expected a boring day. I was wrong. I walked in the door. It was boring. I got wrong fast. NYMEX crude 29.74 has deteriorated another uh, 10 cents. We're really buttressing up against <coughs> new lows off the last two bouts of lows, not record lows, but nevertheless 29.74 down a dollar 15 on West Texas Intermediate, and Brent kept, uh, catching up very quickly. 33.09 down 97 uh, cents. That will test crucial levels, uh, crucial support levels, uh, recent support levels uh, rather um, shortly. Gold up $25. James Steele at HSBC reaffirms uh, his uh, recent successful call on long gold. Ellen Zentner just publishes a detailed note at Morgan Stanley on the strength of the American consumer. Part of the optimism that Adam Posen uh, has on the American economy and on our central bank theory what a special uh, treat. Adam Posen was so shocked by the halftime show at the Super Bowl yesterday that he called me up. He said, Tom, i got to come in and listen carefully, and then I promise you I'll give you a block. So Adam Posen will be with us. Uh, let's listen to some Super Bowl music.
we aim to please. Coldplay threw out all of Bloomberg's surveillance this morning. Where else can you get Coldplay than on Bloomberg's surveillance?